Good morning, everyone. It's Thursday, 14th of May, and we've had the second big dump on Wall Street on the trot. That's two nights of going down over 2%. Wall Street was down 457 points the day before yesterday, and last night was down 517 points. A bit of a worry. Our market survived yesterday. We were down 101 points on the open and ended up 19 points. If you want to understand that, I think it's got to do with the Australian bond issue that went off yesterday. I've written about that in a section called The Lucky Country Today. Basically, the government put a 10-year bond out, wanted to raise $13 billion, got hit with $53 billion worth of bids from 19 different countries, probably because they priced it too highly, paying 1.02%. And they upped the size of the offer from $13 billion to $19 billion, and by all accounts, they're going to offer another $19 billion worth of 10-year bonds uh, now. And I think the uh, confidence comes from the idea that the international community, at least, sees Australia as a good risk. Anyway, our market did rather nicely on the back of all that yesterday. Uh, but today, not doing so flash, we were down 79 on the open. I'm down 54 as I speak. In the strategy section today, you'll see a chart of the ASX 200 that you will have got used to by now, which is this chart of the market going sideways, and we wait for the break one way or the other. No sign of that happening today, but clearly the momentum seems to have turned uh, more cautious. And we are definitely closer to selling than buying at the moment, and here's why. First, and you'll read this in the strategy piece. The first is that we see, seem to be back in a bubble. Reuters describes a bubble mathematically as a price that is two standard deviations above their uh, mean price. And that's the case, they say, in the US. That's the case for equities, tech stocks, government bonds, and house prices, all back in bubble territory. Then you look at the performance of the NASDAQ. It fell 32%. It's only down 8.7% at the moment. The S&P 500 fell 35%, is currently down 15%. That's left the NASDAQ, which is $14.4 trillion worth of stocks, trading on 26.1 times, which, as you all know, is not a real-world PE. No one would pay 26 times for last year's earnings for $14.4 trillion worth of private companies, yet investors are prepared to pay that in the US market 26.1 times. That looks bubbly. The S&P 500, which is less pointy than the NASDAQ, is still showing $24.3 trillion worth of stocks trading on 21.1 times. So a bit of a bubble in the US. Our market, not so bad. Our market fell 38% and is still down 25%. That still presents, I think, a once-in-a-decade buying opportunity. And the All Lords is on a P of 14.97 times, which is $2.6 trillion worth of Australian stocks, on 14.97 times. And that is clearly less bubbly than the US. So we're probably okay, but there's no doubt the US is getting into a bit of a bubble. And there, you can see the news wires turning that way as well. There's a highlighted fund manager in the US talking about the bubble in tech stocks and the valuations are nuts. You can see that just that move happening to focus on overpricing in the equity markets. And I've got a chart of the S&P 500 index and the NASDAQ index in the strategy piece today. You'll see both have had a sell signal. S&P 500 seen a MACD sell signal overnight and the NASDAQ saw an RSI sell signal two days ago. 
Another risk popped up overnight as well, which is Jerome Powell, uh, governor of the Federal Reserve, warning about a slow, long recovery rather than a V-shaped recovery. He says that unless the government chips in with fiscal support, then they risk deep economic damage. And this is this makes it clear that uh, there is a, a risk. There, there, are, there's a virus risk, but there's also an economic risk. We have assumed, and the U.S. is priced for a V-shaped recovery, and the risk is that that doesn't happen. At the moment, the market's looking through the bad economic numbers because April seems to have been the worst month for everything, for employment, for GDP, and it'll improve from here. But uh, there is a risk that that improvement doesn't come, and that's what Jerome Powell's warning about. So another risk has popped up, which is the risk of an L-shaped recovery. In other words, no V-shaped recovery. Another risk is the relapse risk, of course. You'll see the UK coming out of lockdowns. And the the general tone is that uh, it's a bit out of control. Boris Johnson's been criticised. I think there's a document they put out daily uh, which updates on coronavirus. And it's had, until last night, had a page in it about the UK's comparison with other international experiences. And, and they've taken the page out, which suggests that the UK compares poorly to the rest of the world on how they are going with coronavirus. That's not a good look. Uh, there's also photos everywhere of the London Underground and their buses. And basically, it's impossible to social distance in places like London or New York. And I can tell you, once you see those photos, you realise if anyone's got the coronavirus, it is coming straight back. There is no chance you can social distance. And it's not just the UK, it's also the US. And if I think if Australia was seeing the same experience as the US, we wouldn't be coming out of, we wouldn't be in stage one, let alone stage two or three. And cases are rising again in China, Iran, South Korea, Germany. We're we're quite well set. If we come out of lockdowns, the chance of a relapse here are a lot lower. We've got natural advantages, younger population, lower density living, better weather, one of the lowest death per million rates on the globe. The US is 56 times the death per million rate as Australia. So we're probably okay, and we're probably okay as far as the equity market pricing is concerned. We're not in a bubble, but I don't think we can relax. If the US and UK tip over and go back into lockdowns, we're going to go back into lockdowns in sympathy. It would be politically prudent to do so, and it's going to look ugly. So we keep an eye on the relapse risk. I've also written briefly today about the risk of an emerging market crisis. Anyone who lived through the Asian crisis will realize when Russia was going through turmoil and was no longer lending to Asian countries. All sorts of things turned up. And you're never quite sure what country is going bust. You're never quite sure who, who lent them the money, who's not getting the money back, where the balance sheets are going to crater, which banks are involved, which countries are involved. And there are a whole list of countries who are very dependent on things like tourism, who will be struggling in COVID-19 situation and maybe going bust. And I read one newswire that talked about uh, particularly the countries that uh, have tourism as a major industry, which is Thailand, Malaysia, Turkey, Philippines, Poland, South Africa, and other countries like Bali, Maldives, Bulgaria, Rwanda, Lebanon, Argentina, Ecuador, Zambia, all of which have got fragile balance sheets and could go bust. And then you really have no idea where that damage is going to turn up on a balance sheet somewhere near you.
So emerging market crisis is a risk and we just need to keep an eye on, on that. Clearly, the the herd hasn't spotted it yet, hasn't adopted it as a negative driver. It's just a thought bubble today in the strategy piece. It's not a theme that's developed, but it could and it might. So let's just keep an eye on that as well. So in the strategy summary today, we're, we've gone from moving or worrying about one risk to which is the virus relapse risk to worrying about the economic risk. Is it going to be L-shaped? Worrying about a price risk, equity markets, particularly in the US, being in, back in a bubble. And then there's emerging market risk. So you can see things, things could go wrong in a number of ways. Bullet point summary of strategy today is US markets back in a bubble. Talked about that. Uh, the new risk is what Powell's talking about overnight, which is an L-shaped recovery without significant fiscal fiscal support. Uh, the US is risking deep economic damage, not the sort of headline you want to read. There's second wave risk as well. If it's going to happen, it is going to be soon. It's going to be as the US and UK lift restrictions. We're, we're clearly going to have to go through a relapse zone where we where we're not quite sure whether we're going to relapse or not. We can't relax yet. Clearly, cases are picking up in some countries again. There's the emerging market risk as well we spoke about. Um, meanwhile, our market's going sideways. We're still waiting for a break one way or another. Today is obviously not a good step, but we're not going to break down through the bottom today. I can see that. We're going to need a couple more bad days before we really start worrying about the market technically. So there's no need to change strategy yet. We did cash up this week on a few tech stocks, but that wasn't a strategy call. That was just a couple of stocks that we saw peaking, and we're glad we did sell those because the Nasdaq's come off a little bit, as I say, a bit of a sell signal on the Nasdaq. And uh, we're looking quite good having cashed up about 10 to 15% on, on those individual stocks. We're enjoying having some cash. Uh, it means we can look to buy something if we want to. Uh, we did, uh, as a footnote, have a couple of other little chats this morning in our morning meeting. One was about why are we still holding the banks? Well, well the reason we're holding them is they're 25% of our benchmark, and we got a little nervous that they might bottom over the results season. But they've come out of the results season, and they don't, they haven't achieved any momentum, upside momentum. And we really are thinking that maybe we can do better. Surely we can find stocks with better prospects. The banks have got zero rates, no margins, and no dividends. No doubt at some point they'll have a recovery, but it, uh, there, are other, there are other stocks to play if we're recovering. And uh, we, we may look to dip into the banks to finance other holdings at some point. Uh, the other conversation today was about how the resources stocks, particularly BHP, Fortescue, Rio, are printing cash at the moment. Their balance sheets are strong, whilst a lot of other companies are bleeding cash, have got balance sheet issues. It's going to be hard for BHP, Fortescue, and Rio not to not to outperform. <laughs> uh, the The charts don't look right at this very moment. Don't look right. Uh, but when we, if we, if say we cashed up and we're getting back into the market, I think we've got to look to be overweight the iron ore stocks. So interesting couple of days ahead. Will we get through the bottom of this trading range and head down? Two days falling 2% on the trot in the US is a worry. Is this the start of a new sell-off or is it just going to blow off again and we'll, we'll get back to our uh, recovery hopes? We're, at this point, we're more ready to cash up than to buy anything. Uh, we're getting that feeling. And uh, I also have a photo in the strategy piece today of my office. 
I've got a, a light the kids bought me from Bunnings, one of those, or was it Officeworks, one of those lights that you can change colour on the phone, and they keep mucking about with it on their phones. Anyway, I came in this morning to find the light had gone from green to red. Maybe that was a sign. <laughs>